The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Welcome back to another edition of Cool Stuff Ride Home. Marcus Paff and Reggie Rizzo. On today's episode, the new crab walking car, a new AI tool that could help or really hurt you, and a chatty animal found wandering the streets in the UK. Plus, this day in history, an NFL rule change that's left at least one team really unhappy the past few weeks. All that coming up on Cool Stuff Ride Home. Well, if you're one of the many people out there who despise parallel parking, you're going to love this in all likelihood. Hyundai has unveiled a car, the Mobian, that can turn its wheels 90 degrees. From there, the driver selects a parking slot, presses a button, and the fully electric four-door car will crab walk right into the spot. Like AMG to Mercedes or Abarth to Fiat, Mobis is a special engineering department within Hyundai that produces a unique range of cars based on existing Hyundai models and technology. What makes this crab walking feature especially unusual though, the car can take on the maneuver in part because the engineers at Mobis replaced the large central electric motor with one small individual motor for each wheel. This design also allowed them to incorporate suspension, braking, and turning hardware into each wheel. As a result, the Mobian can also drive diagonally, spin 180 degrees on a dime, or perform what they're dubbing pivot turns. The Mobian carries its own set of special signaling indicators because, let's face it, those maneuvers would likely freak out other motorists as they are not common. GNN reports that like all concept cars, there's no indication of when the Mobian will be available for purchase. However, T3 reports that a recent reveal from company affiliate Kia also features a crab walking electric car, suggesting that this may not just be a showpiece to bump stock prices, but the future of parallel parking, at least in South Korea. We shall see. Now, my question, Reggie, and before I, I have a feeling what you're going to say to all of this, but isn't there already a park assist in many cars today that allows people to essentially parallel park without having to think or do a whole heck of a lot? Well, you have to pull forward and it pulls back for you. This one, you just slide right in. I mean, mm. the convenience, the convenience alone, Marcus, is worth what? $9.95? <laughs> 10 payment? <laughs> well, uh, were you ever afraid of parallel parking or are you okay I, with it? I am fine with parallel parking. My only issue is, is when there's a lot of traffic and cars are expecting to like slide in first, I would much rather back up in parallel park than try to sneak in head first and then, you know, make your maneuvers that way. Agreed. Um, Agreed. I, I like parallel parking a lot better. I did see videos of this though, and they had the, the vehicles spinning like just in circles. And when I saw that before I knew all the details, I'm like, who who's going to want that? 
What, why do you need to spin in circles? <laughs> yeah, I they mean, unveiled it at uh, at CES, the huge yeah. technology conference that takes place in Vegas every year. So this was where this was all unveiled and likely the source of the video that Reggie watched here. Yeah, I mean, my kids would love that. Sure, yeah, let's spin the car in circles. But beyond that, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's really, really pointless. Although I do wonder how long until this is in like a tom cruise mission impossible movie where he's making these crazy maneuvers <laughs> well for those times when you want to get the whole family sick just spin your car around <laughs> and around or to your point yeah tom cruise probably will find a practical use for it and i, I use the term practical uh with air quotes or or lightly but yeah could could make a debut in a movie of some sort in the near future the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastic into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. If you're tired of signing your names on checks and all those documents out there. Which... And who isn't tired of signing checks, Reggie? <laughs> yeah, what year is it again? Uh, 1952. No, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it's becoming less common nowadays. But if you are signing a lot of documents, there's an AI tool now that may be able to help you out. Or it could end up hurting us. There is a new AI tool that does a pretty good job of copying a person's handwriting. It's been created by researchers from the Mohammed bin Zayed University in Abu Dhabi. The team that developed this says only a few paragraphs are needed for the AI tool to be able to copy your handwriting. It can also be used to interpret illegible handwriting. So I guess finally people might be able to read what I wrote. Not that anybody <laughs> really wants to. Do you still have that first grade chicken scratch going on, oh. Reggie? I do. And you know what? I get it from my dad. Uh, there was one time my brother went into school sick and my dad brought in a note the next day and he got a call from the principal saying, your son clearly forged this letter. <laughs> <laughs> my dad, nope, I wrote that. <laughs> I, I can't say that I'm much better, but like you, I kind of just copied my dad uh, over the years. I write in all caps. I don't know that I could write in cursive anymore if someone asked me to, other than I, my signature. I do, but it, it's a sloppy mess. Uh, I'm not going to lie. N nobody yeah. wants to read it. I'm not as bad as, you know, the stereotypical doctor out there, but it's not much better. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, boy, the doctor prescriptions. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> so when it comes to this AI tool copying handwriting, researcher Salman Khan said in a press release that people, quote, could not distinguish the mimicked handwriting from the actual handwriting. And it was satisfying to see that kind of validation of the performance, end quote. Now, at the moment, it can only copy writings in English and the tool is not available to the public. The research team was just granted the patent for the tool. They did add they are aware of the possible harm it could cause. In a press release, they said, we are very cautious about it because it could be misused. Handwriting represents a person's identity. So we are thinking carefully about this before deploying it. Yeah, that's but, what they said in Terminator 2 as they were building the robots, <laughs> right? Yeah, we know that it could do something bad, but we're taking the proper precautions. Nobody worry. Well, this team did say they are currently working on a fix for that. They want to develop tools to help prevent forgery, which I think the best tool you could develop for that is not develop this tool. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> I mean, 
I, I get that this tool is kind of neat and interesting, but I'm trying to think of a practical use for it. How often do you need something handwritten? Right, right. Yeah, this day and age, it's so rare. Most of us are typing. I guess that might be the one sort of saving grace in all this at the same time, though, is it's very rare that I actually sign my signature on a lot of documents anymore because most of them come through digitally. And in many cases, it's acceptable to just type your name right in there. So yes, I think there is still room for nefarious acts to take place. But at the same time, maybe not quite as many as there would have been 30, 40 years ago. But at the same time, we weren't prepared to unveil a tool like this back then. Now, Reg, you have younger kids. And from what I've been told, they are no longer even teaching cursive handwriting in schools. Is that true in your experience? My daughter actually just started learning cursive. So they're going oh. back to teaching some cursive and she's very excited about it. She wrote her name in cursive. Basically everything she signs for school where she's got to write her name now, she does it in cursive. So she's very excited about actually learning it. Oh, great. Great. Yeah. I mean, I understand the rationale behind it where you're saying, why are we going to spend time teaching something that people aren't necessarily going to use a whole lot? But there's also the flip side where you you gain that foundation. I think it helps your understanding in, in how things progressed over time and, and how we got to where we are today with the technology at our hands. And maybe it sounds like I'm reaching a little bit there. It might be a big leap to go from cursive handwriting to understanding today's today's. Uh, you know, whatever uh, tech tech at our hands. But still, I do. I do think that that's a, an important thing for a lot of kids to learn or at least have a grasp of. Well, I think cursive is good to know for both the past and the future, because you want to be able to show them documents like the Declaration of Independence or something that was written in cursive. So that wasn't they, typed. No, that wasn't typed. It, oh. it uh, wasn't double spaced or anything. Oh. MLA so format. I'm kidding, by the way. I don't want anyone thinking I actually asked that question. Was it typed? No, I didn't. In Helvetica? Or... <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. What font should we go with? <laughs> Times New Roman? No. How about Impact? So it, Cosmic it, Comic Sans. It does, have, uh, <laughs> it does have some, I guess, like cultural impact, like you said. But also, you got to know it for the future, for when these AI tools uprise and take us down, we got to be able to write notes to each other. And Anytime we talk AI, I'm going to just reference Terminator 2. I know that's like a ch very childish thing of me to do, but that's what comes to mind. I'm sorry. It's all coming to an end. <laughs> the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Animal rescuers in the UK are on a mission to locate the owner of a chatty parrot discovered wandering the streets. The RSPCA reported that the male cockatiel found near a bench in Bolton, England, exhibited an extensive vocabulary and an impressive repertoire of songs. Helen Chapman of RSPCA Animal Rescue said, quote, he sings if you're happy and you know it, and he waits for you to clap, as well as a few other songs and phrases, end quote. Describing Peekaboo, is what they named him, as extremely tame and well cared for, 
Chapman mentioned efforts are underway to reunite the bird with its owner. Quote, Peekaboo is extremely tame and is a delightful character who has been well looked after and loved by someone who must have spent a lot of time on him. End quote. The RSPCA has temporarily placed Peekaboo in a foster home, emphasizing the importance of finding his rightful owner. Once again, per Chapman, quote, once he settled in with one of our regular foster carers, he was singing happily. His voice sounds like he is mimicking an older woman. It is such a shame that he is in this situation, and if he has escaped accidentally, then whoever owns him will surely be heartbroken that he is missing, end quote. You know, I've never owned a bird, Reggie, but I have always found it uh, mildly amusing when you find uh, someone who has one that is like peekaboo here, uh, you know, uh, able to say a lot of different words and sing a lot of different songs. It's it's kind of amusing. I was a bit worried at first when you uh, started the story with a chatty parrot that what words is he going to be saying? Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy it was tame. And that he You're likes to sing. And you know yeah. what? Clap your hands. And then he waits. That's the best part. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm How not going on with the song until you clap, okay? How frustrated do you think he gets if you don't clap? <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm waiting. <laughs> now you have an irritated cockatiel. <laughs> that's when he starts saying the bad words. <laughs> yeah, that's when the vocabulary really shines. <laughs> Taking a look at this day in history on January 18th, 1951, the NFL changed their rule saying that tackles, guards, and centers are ineligible for a forward pass unless they announce their intent to the referee beforehand that they are an eligible receiver. So the entire offensive line is ruled ineligible in 1951. Like, sorry, guys, here's what you're going to have to do. Block and block some more. There's no glory to be had at your position. Correct, but imagine the chaos before that. Anyone can just go out and catch the ball. I mean, I feel like that's what, a little what, chaotic. Well, why why would that be so bad? I, I I mean, I'm not I don't know that I'm necessarily advocating for it, but hey, I guess if you're a defensive lineman, then you got to think a little bit harder about, hey, true. this guy's blocking me and now he's leaking out for a 5-yard pass. Probably not going to get far cuz those dudes typically aren't that fast, but you but know, could you imagine the center hours. snapping the ball and just, you know, going right out there and taking the pass? I mean, you got to have a linebacker or a lineman covering them, probably. Yeah, that's what I did so. in the backyard football game all the time. Snap <laughs> yes. the ball and then run a 10-yard button hook. <laughs> I guess for my family, it was two on two. So the offensive lineman was always eligible. <laughs> Make sure you report when you, when you show up, though. <laughs> every, every, every time we played, I started each down. I'm an eligible receiver. <laughs> <laughs> okay, glad we know. Good. So I mainly bring this up because of what happened a few weeks ago to the Detroit Lions when they played the Dallas Cowboys. If you missed it, there was a controversial play that cost the Lions two points and a chance to win the game when they may or may not have reported in properly. So this rule is probably sitting a little bit bitterly with some of those fans out there right now. Oh, absolutely. Although that being said, clearly we now know the Cowboys are eliminated, at least as we record this show, and the Detroit Lions are moving out of the playoffs. So that that has to ease their pain a little bit. A little bit. Hopefully they're they're going to forget about it soon. Although as a Packer fan, I'm still upset about a few calls in the playoffs uh, from a few years ago. And it's like <laughs> Seattle Seahawks and stuff. So, you know. <laughs> You're not harboring any ill will here. No, never, never. (laughs) As for the forward pass in football, a little history on that. The forward pass had been attempted since 1876, but the first legal forward pass happened in 1906 after a rule changed to allow it. So who was attempting these passes knowing they were illegal? 
Well, before that 1906 update, there was some successful but illegal plays where the forward pass occurred. One such instance happened in the 1876 Yale-Princeton game. According to one account, Yale's Walter Camp threw a forward pass to his teammate Oliver Thompson as he was being tackled. Princeton did protest the play, but supposedly the referee, quote, tossed a coin to make a decision and allowed the touchdown to stand. (laughs) That's the best. I wish they would do that today. Wait, is that legal? Uh, I'm not really sure. Uh, What's the ruling then? You know what? Let's just flip a coin and find out if we're going to rule this a touchdown. Hey, did you see pass interference? I don't know. Did I? I Let's flip a coin and see. (laughs) You guys want to draw straws? Come on. (laughs) Just a handful of straws every time. Ready to go. (laughs) And it's a touchdown. Okay. I do enjoy looking up some of these uh, rules sometimes. According to the rules, since that 1951 rule change, the only players that can catch a ball, of course, are the eligible receivers. So none of those offensive linemen. So you know, offensive linemen do need to report in. However, the rule does state that all defensive players are technically eligible receivers and can catch the ball. I, I don't know why I find that amusing, but it's just saying that the opposite team is an eligible receiver just amuses me. If you're a bad quarterback and you really need to find a receiver, you can look at the other team. Everybody's eligible there. An article from the New York Times in September of 1906 reported that the reason for the forward pass rule change was, quote, the main efforts of the football reformers have been to open up the game that is to provide for the natural elimination of the so-called mass plays and bring about a game in which speed and real skill shall supersede so far as possible mere brute strength and force of weight. The article also pointed out skepticism about the forward pass, saying, quote, there has been no team that has proved that the forward pass is anything but a doubtful, dangerous play to be used only in the last extremity. So clearly that has changed. (laughs) I, I, I just don't think they were very forward thinking at the time. Uh, no, no. And no pun intended. If you're curious, the first person credited for the first forward pass allowed in a game goes to Bill Davis from Fairmount, which was later named Wichita State. Art Solter caught the pass. It came in a 1905 experimental game to test the rules before the official change in 1906. Hmm. The first legal pass in an official game goes to Bradbury Robinson from St. Louis University on September 5th, 1906, in a game against Carroll College, which, by the way, is located in my home state of Wisconsin. Okay. That pass fell incomplete and resulted in a turnover according to the 1906 rules. Robinson did, however, complete a 20-yard touchdown pass in the same game, and that team went on to an 11-0 record, outscoring their opponents 407-11 on the season. So much so much for that. No team has proved that the forward pass is anything but a doubtful, dangerous play. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty much all football is these days is long forward passes and occasionally running the football. Now, that's an oversimplification. But what I want to go back to is why. So Walter Camp, right? He completes a forward pass. They flip a coin. They rule it's a touchdown Then we later find out. Well, that was not legal at all why isn't princeton (laughs) protesting this game i'd be protesting in the record books to get that 1876 (laughs) loss wiped from the resume you know what no we did win that game that was that was illegal and you guys know it 
every year you write a letter from, from or Princeton <laughs> writes a letter saying we are still protesting this game. Please overturn the decision. <laughs> Our media guide shall reflect a no contest that day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, you have an AI tool now that can just write it for you. So just have them keep you know writing that up for you. <laughs> Tying it all together. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on this edition of Cool Stuff Ride Home. If you have any comments or thoughts, you can reach us at coolstuffcommute at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook and Instagram account that you can follow us as well. I'm Reggie Rizzo, joined as always by Marcus Path. We'll talk to you tomorrow.